Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. Welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. And Ben, what minute are we on this week? We are on minute 63. And we are picking up where we left off last week in the halls of the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. BZ is assuring the Southern Senator that if these weren't isolated incidents, these toys that bust in the flames or are stuffed with dangerous objects aren't isolated examples, we'll make sure that they never happen again. And I can guarantee that if these are not isolated examples, I'll make sure that they never happen again. BZ sounds rather confident. Yes. See, in the book, it states that uh, there's a little bit more. He kind of offers a little bit more. Senator, I am I'm more astonished than you are to see this. I can only conclude that one of my employees, a, in a misguided effort to cut costs, made these errors in judgment. I guarantee that if these are not isolated examples, I'll make sure it never occurs again. And as he's saying this, he flashes a big old smile to the uh, senator, and you can get a good look at John Lithgow's teeth. But they aren't his... fake teeth. (laughs) Fake teeth, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. According to the January 26, 1986 Los Angeles Herald Examiner, actor John Lithgow was so committed to his villainous role as BZ that he commissioned a dentist at his own expense to create false teeth. After viewing the uh, dailies and deciding he didn't look cruel enough. You are so good at changing your look. Did you do anything to change your look in this? Besides the hair and all. I wore false teeth. I thought so. (laughs) I'm so glad you thought so. (laughs) Upper false teeth and lower false teeth. The sort of... You know, uh, whenever you read a fairy tale, uh, the fox or, or the villain always has, well, it's the old grandma, what big teeth you have uh, theme in fairy tale literature. Well, I thought it should be BZ, what big teeth you have. (laughs) So I made big teeth, uh, did a lot to improve my sibilant S. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun little factoid. It is. You know, I never would have known. No, neither would I. I would not have known that until uh, we dived in and learned everything there is to know about this movie. Right. (laughs) I'm surprised the Sulkins wouldn't uh, spring for the teeth. Why, why would he have to pay for them himself? Or do you think he just made a good story? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could use them in future projects if they were his. And since we're on the topic of BZ, Ben, do you, I have a list here of, before they landed on John Lithgow, of potential BZs. And I want you to try to picture in your head these actors or personalities as the BZ that we know and love in Santa Claus the movie. Okay. So before they uh, hit upon John Lithgow and John Lithgow accepted the role, they wanted they wanted a high-profile actor to play the villain in this movie. Like they got Gene Hackman to play Lex Luthor in Superman. So their first choice was Harrison Ford. Can you picture Harrison Ford as Evil BZ? Um, no. Burt Reynolds. Um, maybe, but I think he would have been, he still would have been too young. Dustin Hoffman. Mm, 
I think he could have done it, but I don't think I would have liked him as much. And the most interesting, most interesting one was Johnny Carson, which would have been really interesting because he never did movie or TV acting roles. Hmm. I mean, it, it, unless he cameoed as himself. He was just the Tonight Show guy. Right. I mean, he would do like little characters and bits on the Tonight Show, but he wasn't known for being like a character actor. So that would have been a real, real gimmick for this movie. I'm glad they stuck with John Lithgow. I imagine Harrison Ford could have pulled off a sleazy toy maker. Oh, he could have done the role. I just, I think he would have been too young. And going back to the minute, the senator angrily responds to BZ, saying that he better do more than that. They better withdraw every BZ toy on the market, or he, the senator himself, will personally see that BZ's license to manufacture and distribute toys in the United States is revoked. Well, you better do more than that, sir. You better withdraw every BZ toy on the market, or I'll personally see to it that your license to manufacture and distribute in the United States is revoked. I love how BZ here is patting his forehead like he is really feeling the heat from this from the chairman you know yeah, what i he, mean he is really sweating in this yeah bit. and then you know he's really sweating here and then the very next second he's wearing this really long fur <laughs> coat with a like a what is that a bowler hat on top or or like I a fedora hat yeah whatever that hat is he he comes storming out of the senate chambers he there's like a crowd of uh reporters cameramen and he screams now this scene here with the reporters and um having this gentleman come up and talk to him this is not in the book at all it is in the comic book though it's not in the novel Uh, it is in the comic book i i uh put that on the website for last week's minute but uh it is not in the novel so the man who rushes up the stairs to talk to BZ, who is that? Who is that, Ben? That is Dr. Eric Towser. He's he never is... referred to as Dr. or Eric. He's no. just Towser throughout this movie, as far as I remember. That is Dr. Eric Towser, the chief assistant and head of research and development for BZ Toys. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was his official title. <laughs> I love how much I learn every week. <laughs> but yes, he, he is not, as far as I remember, never referred to as Dr. Eric Towser. No. His full title in this movie is always Towser. I had to actually go ahead a couple of minutes to get that actual title of who this was. Because the book and the movie are a little different. And Towser here is played by Jeffrey Kramer. Born July 15, 1945, he is an American television actor and producer. He has a number of bit parts to his credit on TV shows such as MASH, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and The Incredible Hulk, among many others. His film roles include Deputy Jeff Hendricks in both Jaws, the Steven Spielberg original, and the sequel Jaws 2, which was directed by... Jano Schwartz, the director of Santa Claus the Movie, so that's probably the connection there. Yeah, yeah. He also played Graham in Halloween 2 and The Motorist in 1985's Clue. He's probably better known nowadays as the producer of such shows as Chicago Hope, The Practice, and Allie McBeal. Oh, interesting. 
So BZ asked Towser to give it to me straight. Okay, Towser, give it to me straight. The retail outlets are pulling our toys off the shelf so fast you think they were disease carriers. Cowards. I wonder if uh, the Towser performance here that Jeffrey Kramer gives is a little inspired by Woody Allen. I get a little Woody Allen vibe when he says disease carriers. Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be. We won't go too far down that road, but I just want to say, you know, putting ourselves back in 1985. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An article in the post said that anyone who gives his kid a BZ toy should have his head examined. Swine! Cancel my subscription. I, I love the little little touches that John Lithgow gives in this scene and probably every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. I love how he can just go from being so over-the-top angry and then just matter-of-factly, like, cancel my subscription. <laughs> yeah. He can turn like a dime, you know. And, of course, the, pa- the paper that Towser would have been referring to would have been the New York Post. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I didn't mention that. You know, our UK listeners ain't, may not be aware. Now, is the New York Post the one that has the sketchy... Um... Like more tabloid? Yeah. I Sketchy so. storylines, at... it was what I was trying to say. They're a little bit less um, factual-based and more opinion-based. I don't know. I don't read it. But... The New York Post is a conservative daily tabloid newspaper in New York City. Towser then reminds BZ that they got to meet a payroll by the end of the month for 2,000 factory workers, to which BZ responds... We've got to meet a payroll by the end of the month for 2,000 factory workers. Commies! <laughs> yes. Love it. I love it. I mean, it is 1985, <laughs> so you got to transport back in time here. <laughs> I feel like it also has aged. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could. this could still play out today. Uh-huh. And someone like BZ would have the same response. For sure, yes. <laughs> to something as... Uh, <laughs> As uh, minor as, you know, you're going to meet the payroll for these workers. Right, yeah. Something very similar, at least, that's for sure. Towser finally informs BZ that their cash flow is flowing the wrong way. And our cash flow is flowing the wrong way, right down the toilet. You sure know how to cheer a guy up, Towser. What do we do, BZ? BZ lets out a loud <laughs> type sigh. And then it abruptly cuts back to the North Pole, but I feel. The scene must have gone on a bit longer, and thanks to the comic book, we have what BZ's solution was going to be to all his problems. Yes, so there's actually two things here. In the comic book, it is during this minute um, where BZ suggests their their fix-it, you know? <laughs> but in the novel, it's actually another minute ahead, or maybe two of uh, BZ and Towser having this conversation in a different location, and there's a little bit more to it. But well, well how about we we'll get to wait. the novel to, in that minute, and we'll read the comic yes. book solution in this minute. Yes, so in the comic, BZ suggests that they're going to fire Simmons and blame <laughs> it all on him. And Towser says, Simmons, vice president of operations? Why? He's been with the firm for 30 years. BZ says, long enough for any man. We need a fall guy. Poor Simmons. <laughs> and uh, then it cuts to the North Pole. So that is the, that is like the Cliff Notes version of what BZ suggests. So he, obviously Simmons must make some good money. 
if all they have to do is fire him to cover the the price, you know, the price tag they have. Well, I, I also took it as uh, they're going to fire, blame it all on Simmons. Like, it's his fault. Well, yeah, they said Simmons... he's the fall guy because this is also, that would also be foreshadowing Beezy's plan later in the movie. Right, right, right. No, I understand that they're blaming it on Simmons so that BZ doesn't get in trouble and the company can keep going. But they're also going to take the money that Simmons would be earning to pay the factory workers, right? That would so make sense, too. Simmons would uh, must make a very good amount. I guess probably firing him after 30 years isn't really going to affect him too, too much. <laughs> if he makes that much money. <laughs> so then we're back at the North Pole, like you said, where Santa says, Patch gone? Where will he go? What will he do? So then we see it's Santa and Anya sitting at a table in their living quarters. They're both dressed in their yellow with green polka dot casual clothes. Standing nearby are the elves who must have delivered this news. It's Dooley and then Patch's boys. You got Honka, Boog, and Vout. Mm-hmm. Boog asks, the world's a nice enough place, isn't it? To which Honka says, I mean they send so... And then our minute cuts off. The world is no place for an elf. The world's a nice enough place, isn't it? I mean, they send so... Yeah. So does the book or the comic uh, say which elf? I'm going to assume Dooley delivered the news that Patch is gone. Um, yeah, so let me, let me grab the book. Now this is kind of hard because it does split in the middle of our minute for the movie. I, I think that I can use this. I don't know if I should hold on to this till the next minute. Okay, you, I guess you can leave people in suspense. Yeah, I think I'm going to hold off on it because... I think it'll fit more in the next minute because there's just so little of it here. But um, I, I think I think that um, Honka, Boog, and Vout brought it to Dooley and then Dooley brought it to Santa. So I... Th you think that was a chain of command? Yeah, I that think That would make so. sense that Patch's boys would be the first to notice he's missing. Yeah. And yeah. then they went, Dooley, Dooley, we gotta let Santa know. Mm -hmm. It does, I guess I can't bring it up right now because I guess I would probably get into next minute. But I'm wondering how much time has passed since Patch has left the North Pole to when they alert Santa that Patch has left. Well, according to the novel here, this, um, this particular part, Santa and the boys with Anya here, is taking place at the same time in a spot unmarked on any map as BZ's uh, Capital Day thing. So January. So January 24th. Yes. <laughs> Whatever so, day we landed on last week. <laughs> yeah. So it's been about three weeks since wow. Patch has gone missing, according to the novel. Now, that, that in a little bit, sense. it's going to be a little... In a little bit, there's another... When uh, in the next minute where um patch shows back up it kind of throws the timeline a little out from based on the movie and on the novel it's kind of a little messed up so well i don't know we'll we'll debate that uh, yeah. next minute yeah so i guess the only other thing i have to add this week we do see a little glimpse of vout here mm -hmm. so i do have uh christopher ryan's page in the press kit up in front of me right here i was going to save it for next minute 
because that's going to be the last we see of Vout for a little while. But we have so much to cover next minute that I think I'll plop it into this minute. Okay, I have, I have a question. Before you get yeah. into his role, has Vout actually spoken? No, he has not spoken in this movie. Okay, because in the book he talks. So it gets me confused because Vout has had lines in the book. He has? Yeah, but he ha- doesn't have any in the movie, so I get I get a little confused here and that, there. That's quite the bombshell to drop on me at minute 60, oh. 63. <laughs> I, do, I don't think you've addressed that Vout has spoken in the book. Oh, really? No, I don't think so. Because in this section that's coming up that we'll probably talk more about in the next minute, where the boys are here with uh, Dooley, it's actually uh, Vout does talking, so I just didn't... Okay. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I just have a quick little blurb here of Christopher Ryan describing the character of Vout. We've already touched upon his career a couple of times in Mm -hmm. past episodes, but this is how Christopher Ryan uh, describes Vout. I'm the dum-dum. Always the last to realize what's going on. He's much slower than his chums and innocent in a dream world most of the time. And even without reading that from the press kit, we, we got that impression most definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> from his yeah. appearances throughout the movie so far. But yeah, he does not speak in the movie. He's very much like Dopey from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, he talks in the book. I was just, uh, I didn't know I hadn't mentioned that before. I'm pretty sure he said stuff in this book. Did I, you're gonna have did to reread I just, it again. Now I have to reread the last oh, man. 64 minutes. Oh, man. But anyway, <laughs> that's interesting. I was wondering why they changed up. I think this is the minute just kind of clicked on me that um, every time Vout said something in the book, in the movie, it was someone else. Like it was, uh, like it was Bo- a change. Boog or Honka? Yeah, you know, it was a change at some point that Vout wasn't going to say anything and the other ones were going to be the ones that talked all the time. I don't know. Interesting. So that's going to bring us to the end of minute number 63. Like I said, minute 64 is jam-packed with stuff (laughs) that we need to talk about, including what is left in the book. So you don't want to miss minute 64 of Santa Claus movie featuring uh, what may be our last appearance of Santa for quite a few minutes. <laughs> we'll start the stopwatch next week, see how many minutes uh, Santa is off screen. So that's just a little taste of next week. Ben, in the meantime, if they can't get enough Santa by the minute, where can they follow us? You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Santa Minute. You had, to think, email... you had to think for a second. <laughs> I was like, what did I say? <laughs> you can also email us at Santa by the minute at gmail.com. You need to start a Santa by the minute TikTok where you just post like five seconds of the movie at a time. I should. <laughs> just little quick little blurps. I don't want to put the whole movie up there. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine watching five seconds of Santa Claus the movie at a time? Like boom, 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 boom. Oh my gosh. That'd take forever. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. For free!